Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. You know, there's a lot to be scared of right now. There is. You know, and there's a lot of people that come to us and say, Oh, Henry, <laughs> can you entertain me in this time of need? How many times people go, Oh, Mope, give me a bit of a pinch, a pinch for a goose. We have a big <laughs> newsy audience. What's going on? We do. But today, we're going to do the very opposite. You're coming to us for humor and, and entertainment and edutainment. Right. And a matter of fact... You're going to get more bone-chilling tales to take to your family. <laughs> and once they're done re- being scared by the news, uh-huh. then they can go and be scared again by well, comedians. Isn't that wonderful? Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. I'm staring at the beautiful face of Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. Hello, Marcus. And we got Henry Zabrowski over there in beautiful, uh, not having an earthquake currently, Los Angeles. It's fine. It's relatively stable uh, physically, but Los Angeles will never be stable emotionally. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to say the scariest thing about creepypastas. Well, first of all, I believe this is creepypasta 14. I think it's this 14. This is the 14th spooky spaghetti we've done. By the way, that's what we're doing. We're doing spooky spaghettis today, everyone. Yeah. So our pastas today grow grew its first pube. Oh, <laughs> not if it was me. You didn't grow your first pube until 14? No, I was covered with hair when I was 10 years old. <laughs> really? I was, I was so- I had full bush. Ugh. Well, no one. Ugh. But it was like clear. It was like, it, it was weird. It was like full of hair, but it was like a bunch of fishing wire. Oh, like glass noodles. Yeah. <laughs> of course it was. Um, no, I was I was a late bloomer. Late bloomer. Yeah, yeah so maybe 14, something like that. Mm. Sure, sure. Yeah, but then the bloom happened all at once, didn't it? <laughs> the blooming onion. That's why I had to go to the doctor. I just described it as a blooming onion. He's like, you are riddled with STDs. <laughs> I'm just joking. STD free. Are you? Yeah, of course. I've never had an STD in my life. Great. That's wonderful. I think that's wonderful. No problem. Uh, I think the scariest part about creepypastas might be, at this point, the decline (laughs) of creepypastas, of the actual skill involved in creepypastas. Because back in the day when we first started doing creepypasta episodes, when was this? Ten years ago? Oh my goodness. Yeah, a long time ago. That it used to be, cause I guess it would be fresh, because you remember classics? You remember Who Was Phone? Yeah. You remember was the phone, classics? But that was horribly written. 
It was, it no, was one of the. But it had the energy of Love Me Do. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're now we're deep into the prog rock era mm-hmm. of creepypasta. Uh, I think everyone is doing great out there. And yes, there might be more misspellings than previously, but what are words? And why? <laughs> this is what I used to tell my, my spelling teacher. Who said? Who said it should be spelled that way? And it's so, agreed upon. Yeah, it's but all then agreed a, upon. We all agreed upon what, what, how words are spelled. I never agree that the word weird should be W E I R D. It should be W E we W E E R D. Why not? Weird with three because E's. Weird. <laughs> you tell me how yeah. that's different. You tell me how we if we lived in a world where you grew up and it was W E E R D, how that would be weird. It would be. It, it's weird. <laughs> now. Uh, uh, it's because we can't <laughs> shake the original context of words. That's what's really difficult. Yeah. That's what's weird. Right now. Okay, Bill O'Reilly 1 and Bill O'Reilly 2. I'm putting on my, my progress cap and saying words could be however you want to spell them. No. Talking about Esperanto. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Is Esperanto not good? I think so. I know one presidential ca- uh, candidate did lose his entire campaign based on Esperanto. What the hell is Esperanto? It, is was, it was supposed to be like a language, like an international language that everyone could speak Esperanto, like where English kind of became more the international language, but Esperanto was going to be the language that everybody spoke. Ooh. Because it was more efficient to learn a new fake thing. <laughs> <laughs> but today, we're right. the, again, what is scarier than having one symbol gaff destroy your political career. Sure. You remember the Howard Dean scream? Oh, no! yeah. ah! that? Ah! Uh, ah! Very sad. <laughs> Very sad. I think he committed suicide. <laughs> Is he dead? Is Howard Dean dead? He gives a, a shit. Do- He's still a doctor. Still a doctor. It go- wow. He is a doctor. He's a doctor. Um, but today we're going to do the scary thing. All. We're going to dip our fucking big, thick Italian hands down into some big, oh, freaky fajol. Whoa. Have you ever had a nice fajol? I don't really know what a fujul is. Fujul. Mm. It's kind of like Fujul. a minestrone, but it's more of a stew. And you got like a big chunky vegetables and little tubular, like little, little pastolis in it. And you go and you mix it up and mama with her bosoms hanging over the top. And you, you see their, her breasts have been sort of wet by the steam of the sauce. <laughs> uh-huh. And she's a stir and she's a stir and she's a stir. But what if she put up a spoon and find a skull in there? <laughs> Wouldn't that be the most spooky thing in the world? Yeah. <laughs> My family. That would be spooky. And I know your mother and I know for a fact that is a image you have seared into your mind your mother cooking noodles as the steam wet her shirt slowly also now i can't stop uh, stop thinking of howard dur uh, howard dean just doing the scream like when he's giving me my physical (laughs) (laughs) just looking at how clotted your knees are and going "Ah." i will have you know this uh the doctor said my legs weren't the worst he's ever seen (laughs) i swear to god that is great (laughs) yeah that is great. Wow. So what we're going to do today, again, creepy pasta, going to get a little scary. I don't want you to be too alarmed, ma'am. Oh, but oh, I can see how excited you've become. But ma'am, please, listen to these tales of woe from these three men of the boog. So what we're going to do here is you're going to go and get some of that spicy fucking 
I don't know, man. In L.A., you can go to the fucking Mac store weed <laughs> store, dude. Where you go to this place where it's just, just a bunch of glass cubes. Each weed is like, it's all got like fun little names and nice little labels. And you go and get the fucking skyrocket shit. Ooh. Get the shit that they don't want to give you. Because they always have an extra level. Like, spend, spend a little extra money. This is in Los Angeles. Or give a tug to your fucking dealer. And have him give you the premium fucking loaf of fucking magic fucking yeast. And I want you to carve it up. Pop it in that fucking bowl, motherfucker. Uh-huh. Back to bowls. I've been doing a lot more bowls recently. And I've been good. doing more crafted bowls where I fucking I grind the fucking keef with the weed and you fucking layer it. An- like a fucking, like a poofet. That's what I've been calling it. A- another conservative Henry Zabrowski moment. Going back to the bulls. <laughs> saying the vapes, oh, the vapes. No more. All right. You spark that fucking up. You let them fucking caterpillar tendrils go down into your fucking follicles, you bitch. <laughs> All right? I'm going to fill you up. Get super ready to be fucking scared. Take your shoes off, you lump. All right? <laughs> I want you to fucking open your fly, but don't take out your dick, you pervert. You're at work, but open up your fly so every once in a while a ghost of a draft can get in there and tickle your balls. Well, I also think that's equally as problematic at work, <laughs> but nonetheless, hey. and also you don't got to give a tug to your dealer. Just pay them money. Yeah, just give them more money. That would work. That would work. All right. Well, who wants to start it off? Because we've all done our own independent research, mm-hmm. and I know we got we got some great tales to tell. Who wants to start? Should we do, um, I don't even know how we're going to decide this. I can start if we want. Well, that's the easiest possible way to decide it. Someone's <laughs> yeah. going to decide, I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Marcus Parks. I'm starting with a story called Men Imitating Things. <laughs> <laughs> it's a credit to writer Lala Luma. Ooh. You live on your own, and you tell yourself this is by choice, but really... Part of the reason is you were never that great with people, which is also part of the reason you live about 10 miles from the nearest town. The land was cheap, you'll say. The view is beautiful, you'll insist, even if no one is around to ask. Hmm. There is the benefit of the fact that out here you don't get nearly the amount of traffic or noise that comes with surrounding yourself with people, which is always a plus. Absolutely. So it surprises you a little as you prepare your dinner one night when you think you hear a man in the woods. You stop for a moment, setting the knife down so you can hear it clearly. The sounds remind you of dogs, but the tone is not quite right. That is creepy. They sound more like men imitating dogs. Hmm. Bark! (laughs) Bark, my friend. Bark, fellow dog. Is that a dog or a man? I can't tell. And as time passes, more join. Bark, hello. I mean, bark. (laughs) Yes. Yes, hello to you too, fellow. Are you a Dalmatian? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Then just as suddenly as they came, they were gone. Mm. You shrug it off. Coyotes, probably. Drunk men, far from home, wandering the woods, possibly. Ten miles far from home, hammered? How the hell did that that happen? That is a very scary set of circumstances. (laughs) You don't really care to know, though you do lock the door this night. Something you don't often do. Now back to my Reddit account to post on R. Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> it's later this very same week that it begins raining, and you notice that once more that something sounds off. You can see the rain. You know it's there. You can see the woods. You know no one is around. And yet you find the rain sounds not as it should 
but like a man imitating rain. Plink, 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 rain. Rain falling from clouds. Bark. I can't believe how much it's raining out here. Bark. Yes, dog. I am rain. Unlike the dogs, do you find this rather soothing? You leave the door unlocked. It's raining outside. (laughs) It's raining. Raining wind. (laughs) And you sleep in the living room, watching and listening to the off-key rain. Hmm. The very next day, you notice deer tracks in the mud as you enjoy a cup of coffee on your porch, well-rested from the night before. Oh, good. You finish your cup, suit up, and follow the tracks. The nearest market is so far away, you rather prefer to hunt and gather what you can avoid to trip. Staying as hidden as you can, you spot the deer from a distance. You also spot what looks like a bush at first, but a harder (laughs) stare tells you it's a man. Russell. (laughs) Russell. My name is Russell. The bush. Is that the pubic hair of a 10-year-old Henry Zabrowski? Looks like glass noodles. It's a man imitating a bush. (laughs) This is private property, and from the way he looks, you gather he's here to hunt. Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> I'm George Bush Sr. Oh, I get it. It's wow. a bush. But he's R.I.P. Russ Perot, by the way. I know, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. America must have needed to balance his budget. <laughs> no, not America. God must have needed to balance his budget. But the man in the bush is too close. He's standing not ten feet from your prey. You see he hasn't drawn any kind of gun or bow and decide to beat him to the punch. You aim, you fire, you kill your target with practiced ease. Quickly, you start to get up, eager to see if the other man has startled, but stop when you see... He has not. He instead slowly turns his head to the deer, stands, and makes the short walk over. And that's when you realize something is very wrong. He moves as if he has no defined bones or joints, very fluid and bendy. (laughs) You can now see that he's at his full height. Where the leaves don't cover, there are no clothes or human limbs. Only thin branches bunched together and a poor replica of what they are meant to be. He shuffles over the deer for a moment before reaching down, sharp branches growing out to form too many fingers and bringing the whole thing up to consume. Will you be in my middle school? version of Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) You realize, struck motionless with fear, that all this time it was not men imitating things. It was things imitating men! Oh my god, the greatest plot twist of all time. <laughs> I honestly don't mind it. I, they uh, it, I they provide story. a good Great scare. Story. There's a good scare. From your this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated 
text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. From your what I wanted to do with one of my creepypasta selections, I wanted to do some shit that was actually very scary to me. So I just got really high and let my anxieties flow. Uh-oh. And I just chose stuff that I was like, what stuff that's not going to help me sleep? Um, and it worked. Is this all just going to be like Ron Popeil infomercial reads? <laughs> What's going to happen? No, I didn't go. I did cycle through all the deadline announcements of jobs I didn't get, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to subject people to my true fears. So here we go. These are 10 surprisingly common ways you can just die in your sleep. Okay. All right. You could die by sudden cardiac arrest. It's also known as the SCA. It can occur when the, syn- the synatrial node, mm. which is the node in the heart that is essentially your body's natural pacemaker, it becomes impaired for no reason. And basically, it reduces blood flow to the brain. The scariest part, not only can it happen during your sleep, but half the cases show no symptoms before a cardiac arrest occurs. Well, so you can just fucking die in your sleep. They, your heart, you just stop working. They named it all wrong. Node? <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> node. Out of all the things in your body, like the node is going to rat you out. It's just like a little hefty person uh, with long hair, but only on the back. <laughs> we love our nodes. Screw up. You don't, uh, 30% of our listeners are nodes. <laughs> I okay? love a good node. I'm just saying I don't want it being the only thing keeping my heart pumping. 
Carbon monoxide poisoning. Of course. Which is another thing I also learned that in an earthquake, that's one of the scariest things, is that the fucking gas lines in your house can become ruptured mm-hmm. and slowly let the gas leak in your house while you're fucking sleeping. You think you're safe. Next thing you know, you're fucking a horror story for ABC News. Myocardial infarction. What the hell now, is this that? Now, this is another, this is just, that is a heart attack. Yeah. So a cardiac arrest is your heart stopping, right? Heart attack happens when your blood flow to the part of your heart gets blocked, right? Kissel, full chase. Just one fucking little, like, one little piece of cheese that's not fully lubed by R- Bud Light. Right. Gets fucking caught in the middle of your vessels. Yeah. Ba-pa! Baka, baka, baka! Fucking dead in your sleep. Honestly, that is really scary. That's why you always got to keep your uh, cheese lubed. You can't not drink beer. Did the doctor say that, or would you die if you stop? No, every time I've ever gone to a doctor, they've requested I limit my beer. Yes. Mm. Yes, or mm. completely stop you. Okay, all right, well. I'm not Towns Van Zant just yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. Unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. <laughs> what the hell is that? It is first reported in 1917. It's called Sons. It's got a, a pretty gained a pretty scary reputation. It's saying they wonder, they, they're saying, they don't know if it's real or not, but a bunch of people, you can just fucking die in your sleep. I don't know why. Yeah, but that's not that's not a diagnosis. The doctor yeah, they, can't be like you've died of the unexplained killer, the the silent killer when you sleep. That's not an explanation. Explanation. They just had to say no, something. Yeah, you just die in your fucking sleep. That's just you just fucking die in your sleep. Yep, yeah, for any reason. Because they say there's no possible explanation. There's many possible explanations, but basically they're saying it's a malfunction of the ion channel to ventricular fibrillation. Oh, I'm getting pretty pissed off at my ion channels now. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's called bingagut. In Hawaii. <laughs> and the dream disease. Ooh. Aneurysm. Of course. Fuck kill you in your sleep. The enterovirus D68. Is that you get that it, from rats? Let me see. <laughs> it might be what they make Velveeta cheese out of. <laughs> I mean, I think it's what gives it its yellow. Yeah. It's a type of non-polio enterovirus that was first identified back in 1962. But back in 2014, there was a huge increase in the number of reported cases, leaving researchers to wonder if the virus was going to become more predominant in coming years than they had expected. Right. How does it kill? It can cause a particularly severe respiratory problems characterized by a high pitched wheezing sound that has become a dreaded earmark of infection. It has also been associated with muscle weakness and spinal cord inflammation, which is possibly possibly even more terrifying than the wheezing. So dying of an infection is not necessarily common, but sometimes the symptoms are dangerous enough to kill. Now, I don't you, like it. I'll tell you this. The CDC named it Disease of the Week. Disease of the Week? Congrats. Oh, my God. <laughs> Congratulations. Dry drowning. Oh. Now, this seems like a no-brainer. It's a dry form of drowning. Basically, the idea behind this danger is that it's a type of drowning that can occur even after the victim has left the water. It is technically still drowning. But dry drowning is a term that has come to be used to describe it, though some doctors have argued for the dropping of the term. Sure, thank you. What does thank it you, mean? Lister. It can occur when inhaled water, even just a drop or two, makes it past the throat into the lungs. This usually causes symptoms, but they are sometimes mild and easy to miss. So basically, the water can build up in your dream, in your fucking lungs, right? It can cause breathing problems. They get worse over time. And in some cases, these breathing problems don't strike until hours or even days later after the victim has fallen asleep. But we drink So you wa- fucking dry, you die of drowning- like Edgar Allan Poe, in your sleep. But he died of drowning of his own vomit, I believe, right? In a gutter or something like that? I don't like know. That? I think it's all fake. I think everything I just said was fake. Okay. 
<laughs> well, I thought he did die. Didn't he dr- die in he the? He died uh, in a ditch. Yeah, in a ditch. Or not, uh, gutter. He died in a gutter. You yeah. can drown in a gutter. There's many ways you can drown. You can, you dr- can dry drown. Huh. Edgar Allan Poe's death. The different theories: suicide, murder, cholera, hypoglycemia, rabies, syphilis, influenza, or he was possibly a victim of something called cooping. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so is that the end of your list, Henry? Yes. At no point did it mention when Natalie never wants to hear another story about aliens and she puts puts the pillow over your mouth and slowly suffocates you? That is how I prefer to go. Okay. No, that is not a sudden thing. That would be an arranged discussion. Okay, very good. Very good. And it'll be with her butt. All right. Um, well, that was that was illuminating, scary. The thing is, we can't do anything about it. Nope. Cooping is when uh, you are forced to vote over and over and over again. They used to do it back in the ballot stuffing days where you didn't have like voter IDs or anything like that, where they just these cooping gangs would go out on the street, they'd kidnap guys, and then make them go vote for the candidate that they want to win. And so they made one of the possible theories for Edgar Allan Poe's death is that he voted too much. Oh, my. To be enforced. I would love to know if Edgar Allan Poe actually got to truly vote for the politician he wanted. We would have had a goth country at this point. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm sure the the corporate powers that be forced his hand. Yes. Well, well, that he was possibly beaten to death for refusing to cooperate in the Mm. cooping. Sometimes (laughs) these guys all they bring disguises along, and then they'd get someone and they put a they'd make them vote, and then they put a wig on them and they'd make them go vote again. You Honestly, know. it would be great for my reel. <laughs> of all the different ways I can vote and different people I can be. Absolutely. All right. Well, I got a little creepy tale here. This comes in from Wildest Boar 6550. And this is called, This is Why You Should Never Go on Roblox. Roblox. <laughs> R-O-B-L-O-X. I've I never already actually exhausted. heard of this before. Yeah. Roblox. Roblox. It's a, yeah, it's a thing. All right. So this uh, it starts off here. It was Monday, 2019. So just any Monday <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> That's a lot of Mondays so far. Yeah. Yeah. It was Monday, two, 2019. I logged on to my Roblox like I do every day. My mom came to give me a peanut butter sandwich. I logged, which is, ooh, that's a nice mom. I logged into my account, but my avatar was covered. Covered in blood. That's actually kind of scary, right? Yeah. Um, I honestly think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. I got scared but thought, oh, no big deal. It's just a glitch. Okay, that's what he's thinking so far. I think that's going to change. I clicked on Jailbreak. I clicked on Jailbreak, which is one of my favorite games because I am really good at it. It took around two hours to load. But then I was in the game. Everything was pretty normal. I chose pr- I chose a prisoner like always, and I tried to escape jail like normal, but I got tased by a police officer. God. I looked at the user so I could kill him later. His name was <laughs> Guest. Underscore <gasps> six, six, no. six. Oh, it's a fucking devil. Indeed. He did a throwaway account. He was killed by guest underscore six, six, six. The next sentence is, I started crying in real life. <laughs> I started crying in real life. And guest underscore 666 arrested me. He private messaged me later in chat saying, ha ha, I got you, loser. I will get you, I said back. No, he said. I exited the game. I joined into Pizza Simulator. I was having fun. I had about 10 million pizza points when I saw someone on the game. I checked the username, and it was... 
guest underscore six six six. It's the devil and he's got pizza points. <laughs> I screamed for my mom, but she did not come to me. I got up out of my chair to look for my mom. I went into the living room and I saw her dead body. Everything was in blood. I looked behind me and saw guest <laughs> underscore six 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 in real life. Luckily, however, I had karate practice. I did a karate punch on him. He got hurt and was bleeding everywhere. I ran away to my neighbor's house. The neighbor was was a police officer, and then he shot guest. <laughs> this is written really good. The neighbor was a police officer, and then he shot guest underscore six six six. The neighbor was amazed. I. Well, I think he killed it. The neighbor was a police officer, and then I shot guest underscore 666. The neighbor was amazed I killed it, so she made me president. Wow. <laughs> there it is. One of the best I've ever read. And it ends with a presidential victory for the wildest boar 65550. I like it. I find it very interesting that she didn't turn around and see guest underscore 666, and it's just... A, a man not unlike myself. No. <laughs> like, hello, my dear. Yes, I do traffic in the works of the devil. Will you please be with me? Will you please try to understand me? Scary stuff. The world of online gaming. <laughs> oh, is it? It is. It can be very. It's... It can be very uh, intimidating. I have given my PlayStation name out to one person. That is it, and yeah. I'm still hesitant. Yeah, no one got, no one gets mine. But I also don't do online gaming because I play games to escape from people. I know. I would like Great. to play Division Two with people, but uh, maybe at some point. Maybe. And the maybe. game of getting away from people this is the scariest game of all. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This one is called The Handsome Soldier. And it's by... Oh, wait, still, ooh, ooh. <laughs> is this like a Fleet Week one? <laughs> ooh, Fleet Week. It's by Katie. I love it. As a little girl growing up, my mm -hmm. parents always tried to protect me by telling me legends and tales. My city is pretty notorious for strange behavior or paranormal happenings that have been occurring since the 1900s. One old tale that stands out most in my mind is the one of the handsome soldier. Mm. Whenever you were old enough to start going out, your parents always warned you about meeting boys and the handsome soldier. <laughs> they say... <laughs> That if the soldier asks you for a dance or offers to walk you to your car and you go with them, tomorrow you will go missing. Others say that when you start to dance, the floor turns to fire and he drags you to hell. Whoa! <laughs> the story goes that a soldier from the north was stationed down here in Texas in order to keep a closer eye on some of the Confederate troops. Oh. oh, and that went very well. I imagine he was very deeply undercover. <laughs> While staying with an old farmer who figured he was just a passing drifter, the farmer's beautiful daughter caught his eye. Mm -hmm. He fell in love with her quickly, but the daughter's Confederate soldier husband <gasps> stood in the way. Listen, I know you're from the South, and it's nice to meet you, but tell me. Have you ever had lasagna? God. You guys all like it. Come on. Come on. Italians could have ended the Civil War before it even started. Despite this, the northern soldier, who my city later named Alexander, didn't see any harm in flirting with the young girl. Alexander was tall, with jet black hair, and enchanting blue eyes. This is a wig. Yeah, you like it? I got it from my dead mother. I love it. You look like Russell Brand. It was something that would catch your eye in an instant, and something you wouldn't soon forget. During dinner, he would sneak glances and smile at her, the 
farmer's daughter. Of course. You look nice. How old are you? You 12? Nice. I don't know. If, nice. Is that an Italian version of sneaking a glance, just screaming across the table? Hope no one hears this. And he did it just to relish in her beauty. Hmm. She was young. She was about 20 years old. Good. Oh, legal. And I she, mean, if this was an accurate story, she'd be 12. Yeah, yeah. But yes. And she had long golden locks that she kept in a tight bun. The soldier was wild for her. <laughs> But it wasn't only his doings. The farmer's daughter, Anne-Marie, had grown tired of the marriage to her Confederate soldier husband. She began to see freedom with Alexander, and she gladly returned his advances. Yeah, come with me. I'll show you all the finest pork rolls in Newark. <laughs> I'll take you all the way down to Corny Island, and we can play shoot the freak with the, with the 15-year-olds with the bone disorders. Because oh, they can't work yeah. the rights. Handsome yeah. soldier. I'm sold on that date. Beautiful black hair. (laughs) (laughs) The two carried their affair on for several months and tried to keep everything under the rug. All until one day, Anne-Marie announced to Alexander that she was with child. Uh Uh-oh. Well, Alexander begged her to run away with him back to the north, where they would raise the child together and be happy. It seemed like a perfect idea, but Anne-Marie couldn't just leave her father. No! She refused, and the couple had a very ugly fight. Much to the couple's dismay, though, Anne-Marie's husband had been listening to the entire conversation on the other side of the door. Uh-oh. I heard what y'all were saying behind closed doors, and I have to say, that man's hair's not real. <laughs> not only had his wife been having an affair with the northern soldier, but she was also pregnant with his baby. Oh, my God. And out of fury, he banished his wife to the desert. You get, no... you get out. You get out of here. The, the desert of Alabama? What desert <laughs> is she going to? Oh, okay. She's yeah, in yeah, Texas. No, all the, right. Half the Catholic states. All right, all right, all right, all right. I ain't going to share my face powder with you no more, my stinky wife. Aww. You get out of here. <laughs> and he did so with no food or water. <gasps> then he took the northern soldier, tied his arms behind his back, and set him on fire. Oh, no! Oh, 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 good. Oh, 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 no, I'm the pork roll. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the wig would burn fast. And through the flames, those blue... B- <laughs> it would. Oh, take this wig off, for God's sakes. Let me die all natural, as bold as the eagle that formed this country. <laughs> <laughs> through the flames, those blue eyes burned up until the end. And one last scream, he vowed to return for his love. Now, me and my friends always grew up knowing to never go home with a random boy or accept strange drinks from anyone. But when I set eyes on him, I was hypnotized. <gasps> Russell Brand? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Russell Brand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My he name's was... Alexander. <laughs> he was alone from what I could see, and he was sipping on a scotch. That little voice inside my head was screaming at me that this was Alexander. But I brushed it aside as me and all my girlfriends swooned at his beauty. Yeah, come on, drive on my Cadillac. We got to keep it away. Say, God bless. <laughs> oh, my God, Katie. <gasps> He's the hottest guy I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Too bad <laughs> I'm taken. Whoa. Girl, get over there and introduce yourself. Do that indeed. That's what one of my girlfriend's shrieked at me over the blues music. 
Guys, he's gorgeous, you're right. But what if he has a girlfriend? What if he says no? I think I'll just sit this one out. Okay. I said, sipping on my rum and coke. As I turned to relish in his beauty one more time, something struck me. We locked eyes, and his eyes glared bright blue into mine. I swear we locked eyes for at least five minutes. Tell me, do you like Ace of Base? (laughs) (laughs) I snapped out of it and leaned into what the girls were gossiping about when I heard another shriek. Oh my God, Katie! Whoa! He's getting up and coming over here. You're nice, huh? It's my wig on straight. <laughs> Looking good. I turned and soon enough, this Greek god was standing at our table. Wow. I am Greek. You're Greek now. Okay. <laughs> Can we help you with something? One of my friends piped up. Yes. What is your name, miss? His voice was smooth and sexy. Like that? Yes. What is your name, miss? Me? I said, shocked beyond belief. My name is Katie. And yours? That's something I will tell you on the dance floor. Katie, (laughs) would you like to have a dance? This is you trying... That's you... How did you... You shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) I honestly do like his sexual tones. I do like his sexual tones. But I do like the idea of just Alexander being like, Hey, you and me. Let's bounce it dirty in there, huh? (laughs) That's what he would sound like. You remind me of my dead first wife. Oh, I thought he was the one that died. But you do sound like someone trying to to pass a lie detector test by stepping on a pin. (laughs) Just like having a little thumbtack underneath their toe. He held out his hand for me. All my girlfriends looked at me as if to scream at me with their eyes about the legend we all grew up with. Now, I promise I knew that it was Alexander and that my mind was screaming at me to run home and jump under the covers of my bed at home, but most of me was paralyzed under his stare. I tell you what, if you could see me eat spaghetti, you'd be wondering what else I could eat real messy. <laughs> hey, let's dance. I don't know if messy is what women really want when it comes to Congo. I mean, it's not going to be clean, but I don't Yeah, know. don't worry. I'll go down on you. All over you. All right. I rose from my seat and sauntered over to the almost vacant dance floor. He was strong, and his dancing was beyond this world. Wow. We talked of life, (laughs) music, and movies. Nothing. Hey, you like uh, that War of the Worlds? Yeah, Tom Cruise is nice. He's funny. I like that he's small, like me. Yeah, absolutely. Brad Pitt, I think, was in that one. The last good song was Mambo Number 5. Oh, you know, that was the last good one. Surprisingly, Lou Bega was German. Yeah, A lot of yeah, people didn't know yeah. that. And nothing seemed to be throwing up red flags in my mind. Everything we talked about was normal and modern. Surely, <laughs> a ghost can't talk about the latest movies. <laughs> Every other culture has stolen the Zeppeli <laughs> from the Italians. No, listen to me, ma'am. We are dancing. <laughs> That's when I remembered. You forgot to tell me your name. I said, giggling and almost mockingly. His eyes evened and looked down at me and said sternly, My name is Alexander, but you can call me Alex. You sound like you're getting a physical. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? Okay, so Alex it is. But you're making the voice, yeah, when the doctor says, This might, um, you might feel a little pressure. (laughs) (laughs) My heart stopped in my chest as a large smile spread across my face. The ground 
began to heat up, and everything went black. Now, I'm not too sure if I'm dead or alive, but someone left this scrap of paper and a piece of coal to write with. Maybe if you find this, you can tell the others to not even look at him. Tell the others that I love my family and I wish I was home. Is that a barbecue? Smoke? Oh, wait! Screams! Oh, God! Fire! Now here he is! Alexander! The devil himself. Whoa. It's me, the devil from Newark. It's always been. All right. Very scary indeed. Live from your grave. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction, and it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All of my, all of my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right. So Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Live from your grave. This is a story called Kids in the Dark. Jeffrey Epstein. No, no, no. Um, not this story. Uh, <laughs> growing up poor in the deep south meant sharing a lot with my little brother, Ollie. 
Most often, we'd pass toys, clothes, and skin conditions between us. <laughs> Up until he was six, we even shared a bed. Neither of us was happy about that. You sound like Kevin Spacey on the witness stand. <laughs> trying to explain his actions. You see, a man as an actor leads a challenge in life, and he must release some of the pressure. It was my 10th birthday when that changed. I got one present that year, and it was a bit of my own. Ollie was jealous right away, and I can understand why. He had to keep that half-broken-down frame with the worn-out mattress. The one I'd gotten wasn't much better, but not being broken and worn was enough. Wait, sleep question on the plot. I thought he said that they shared a bed until they were six, and now- On his 10th birthday. Yeah, I know, but what happened in the four intervening years? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I slept in a hammock. Ooh. I did not read the, um, extended universe of this one. <laughs> Now, sleep at a port was a great feeling. Sure. It was freedom. No longer would I have to suffer the sudden and inexplicable kicks to the stomach. No longer would I wake up with Ollie's foot pressed into my neck like he'd stepped on Dracula the night before. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. At least that's what I thought. (sighs) So right away, right after I got the new bed, the shriek started. At first, I thought Ollie woke up in the middle of the night and screamed because he'd gotten scared. (laughs) (laughs) Then, the sound echoed through the tiny room again. (laughs) And I knew it wasn't a normal cry. The room was always black as pitch after sunset. The one window we had was pressed against a long leaf pine. And even the biggest, brightest moon cast no light inside. The shriek just about drove me crazy. Every night, probably at the same exact time, these sharp yelps would knock me right out of my dreams. Full stars! Full stars! (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't my mom or dad yelling either. I knew what that sounded like. Believe me. Most worrying of all was the fact I could never tell where it was coming from because it seemed completely random. One night it'd come from somewhere near the closet. Three stars! Three and a half stars! The next, I'd shoot, I'd shoot out from the corner of the ceiling. Two and a half stars. Manager was rude. <laughs> Any hope I'd have of having my own space would get dashed every time Ollie would silently slip into the bed with me shaking like crazy. He'd clasp onto me and we wouldn't let go until it was almost daybreak. Most times I'd take his hand and tell him everything was going to be okay, but that'd be over by the morning, but I, I was never really sure. Over time... The shriek started changing. At first, it was only by small degrees. One star! One star! <laughs> but eventually, it took on the primal hooting sound of a primate calling out its fiercest warning. I had to clasp pillows to my ears just to keep from going deaf. Mom and Dad never believed me or Ollie, basically because the thing, whatever it was, refused to make a peep when they were in the room. Apparently, they couldn't even hear it through the walls, even though it was sure damn loud enough. The shriek just got worse and worse until I felt like I couldn't take it anymore. Me and Ollie were doing really bad in school, and we just had no energy at all. I could sleep more deeply with my head propped up and eyes open in the middle of class than in my own room at night. And thankfully, we moved out of the house nearly a year later. 
I had contemplated all sorts of things, even a child's clumsy concept of suicide. To get away from the horrific nightly noise, I ate a pile of crayons. Whoa, that's <laughs> But not you can't good. overdose on Crayola. No. There was no problem at the next house. There was a nice white cookie cutter home on a dead end street, and I welcomed the normalcy. What's more, when we moved in there, there was a bunk bed waiting for me and Ollie. No more broken bed, no more second bed. I ended up having to share anyway. The only problem was deciding who'd get the top bunk. I told Ollie I deserved it after all I'd gotten a new bed way back and he ruined it by climbing in every night. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> what? He shook his head. I never did that. I'd always wondered why the noise stopped the second I was sharing my bed. Now I had the answer. It was a ghost. It was a ghost! <laughs> it was a ghost! <laughs> Scary. Scary indeed, but the ghost didn't seem to do much harm. Just let the ghost sleep in the same bed with you, and then the screaming stops. I mean, what's it going to do? Yeah. It was Howard Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Ah! Can, can, you, um, can you roll over on a ghost? Or would the ghost just kind of pass through you? Depends. I mean, so if you're sharing a bed, you might as well share it with a ghost. It doesn't matter to you. I mean, it depends. Tell me. When Bigfoot goes to the shoe repair shop, <laughs> does he have to ask for extra width? <laughs> um, all right. Well, I got this is a bit of a longer one here. It's really exciting. It's about a dog. And there's a turtle involved, too. And that's isn't, nice. Isn't that exciting? So this person, it's yellow lemon lesbian, which is evidently a term that people who are younger use that I have no idea what it means. Well, the Urban Dictionary says that it was a term that younger people used in 2006. Back oh, so when, that's us. Yeah, that's us. Wow. That's us. Yeah, All that, right. That was, a, that was our generation. Now I get it. I get it. So the name of this tale is My Neighbor Got a New Dog. You would think that's not bad, right? That's yeah. got to be good. It's always good. So the story begins. I've always been an animal person. Dogs, cats, hamsters, fish, even hermit crabs at one point. Which I don't like that. The, uh, I Chris, do. Uh, hermit crab? I love the hermit crabs. Okay. What I think I, they're fine. They're fine, but I would never get one as a pet. Anyway, um, <laughs> one, one of my neighbors also has a pet tortoise who I take all my veggie scraps to. Our community is a relatively nice, regular middle class uh, one with regular middle class lives. We were completely shocked when a new neighbor moved in about two months ago. Within the week, their yard was full of trash and old electronics. Is that David Allen Coe that moved in? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, a car sat in their yard that looked like someone had taken a sledgehammer to it. I'm not one to really judge, but this was really not the type of place you would expect that for this lifestyle. I never really saw him outside much. We only crossed paths when his daughter came over to see the tortoise. The man who owns the tortoise, he's an old guy. He lives with his wife and their pet. I guess it's kind of fitting, an old couple and their gentle giant. Most people would bring over some fruit or veggie scraps throughout the week. It had just become our personal compost system. Hank the tortoise would eat all of our scraps. His name is Hank. That's nice. And the nice is old- this, this is just describing the life of a tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> At this point. At this point, Henry. But there's a twist. Uh, Hank the, tur- the tortoise would eat all the old scraps, and the nice old woman would offer us some food from her garden. The couple sat outside a lot with Hank. Every day they sat on their little swing, and Hank robed the yard at will. Of course, at night and during the winter, he was taken inside, but during the warm months, the neighbor's kids liked to sit 
than like to sit outside and watch him. I was happy when I saw our new neighbor open up his somewhat still running car door to reveal a puppy. His daughter was overjoyed. I went over to say hello to the little guy. He was a German shepherd from our local shelter. The puppy was a was a little dirty, but that's to be expected. I got concerned when he would leave the dog outside all the time. I mean, every hour of every day, the puppy was brought home mid-June. No time for a furry puppy to be without water. I took over a small bowl of liquids a few times a day. Each time, the poor baby was so happy, he was chained up all the time. I was ready to call animal services when the poor guy was laying down there looking almost dead. I'm honestly not sure if the owner fed him. At one fed him. At one point, I tried to give him a treat, but the man chewed me out for it. That night, I took the poor baby a bowl of kibble. It was so sad to see me. Fast forward about a week. I wake up and I go to take the puppy some more water when I see he got off his chain. At first, I thought he was finally let inside until I heard my elderly neighbor scream. I ran over thinking she had fallen, but when I, but th- but when I see the scene, I nearly vomit. New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> <laughs> she was cradling Hank the tortoise in her arms. My neighbor's puppy laid on the other side of the yard. Hank had a huge bleeding gash in one of his legs. He looked so weak. I called the vet but there was nothing he could really do. Hank passed away yesterday. His parents holding him and keeping his, uh, keeping his as hap- keeping him as happy as possible. I took over a whole sliced mango, Hank's favorite. He ate it a little bit and seemed kind of happy. My neighbor starved. It goes on. Okay. My neighbor- this is like a TLC like story about taking care of a neighbor's animal. I know. <laughs> my neighbor starved his new puppy so much that he got off his chain and ate my other, and ate my other neighbor's tortoise's leg. Needless to say, the puppy is going to a foster home, but I feel so bad for Hank and my neighbors. But I do wonder, why was Hank out at night? Did somebody purposely leave the door open, or did someone else open it? <laughs> so there's just, actually a lot like, to unpack there. Yeah, now, what is yeah. Uh, the okay. tortoise was outside at night. Yeah. That's the big twist. The tortoise was outside. And, and the what dog if, ate his leg. And the dog ate his leg. That's... That just that's just wow. a story about people not taking care of their animals. Well, yeah, yeah that's he, all this well, is. What's this more is horrific just, than that? This is just an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's pretty scary. Okay, yeah. you shouldn't have a turtle around a dog. No, but they didn't. No, they, I don't think. Well, I don't that's think they the mix thing. well. No, that's why it's like did the did Hank was he let outside uh-huh. or did someone purposely leave the door open? Either way, something Hank pissed off someone in town. Right. I don't yeah, know but then what it's kind of a so mystery. What? It's more of an animal-based mystery than a creepypasta. <laughs> it is a mystery. It is a mystery. So what role did the old man play in all this? He wasn't watching uh, Hank. But why did wasn't he feeding the dog? Well, he wasn't doing that. He was <laughs> mean. He was a I was, mean. Have you ever seen any videos on unlikely animal couples? Of yeah. course. Unlikely animal friendships is always fun. You know what? I'm just yeah. going to say, though. Ducks like everyone. Not yeah. people. No, they don't. But they like no, all other animals. No, ducks are aggressive. I don't think that's true. They just understand what they can get out of their arrangements with their animals. I think ducks are fucking selfish. Yeah. I think ducks are actually vicious little creatures. You're right about that. I am scared of ducks. <laughs> that was a good story because the dog sure. ate the tortoise's leg. <laughs> you two, you're allowed to. You That was your producing. You produced the segment and you nailed it. I nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed it. All right. For your the- reading is getting better. It is. Well, I think it's good. <laughs> All right. Well, to start off the last round here, my last story is from user free as in speech. 
and the story is called <laughs> The Mind. Okay. Okay. The Mind, a realm that is mysterious to me even to this day. Though I take refuge there during long, hot days to get away from the bright, burning sun, escape there in the afternoon when the sky is gray with storm clouds and the sun is all but receded, the mind's true nature eludes me. Never will it let me in to see its shadowiest depths, gaze at loftiest mountain peaks, but as of this writing, I still cannot say for sure what it was that I saw. Strange dreams of bright white lights peering through my windows still wake me on quiet summer nights. I shudder to even think of it. Now I will share my story with the world. Perhaps someone will listen. Okay. The true beginning of my story started with the day I was born. My fascination (laughs) with thought and the mind had always confused my parents, as well as my friends and classmates in my school, in a small hometown in western New Jersey. Whoa! Whoa! That's my my hometown! (laughs) They never understood the possibilities that the human mind held. If only they could see me now, the wreck of a human being that I've become. Insane is what the tall men in long white coats called me. Hmm. But I assure you, I'm much more than sane. I'm what? the only one that sees. I need to start using that more often. I'm, I'm, I'm so much more than sane. More I love than that. Sane. I, I, yeah. As I grew up, my love for studying the human mind did not waver. My obsession only grew stronger. I was given all the books on psychology and human anatomy I could read, soaking up the precious drops of information. I was 32 years of age when I was finally satisfied with my research. Finally, as my studies and my prolonged childhood came to an end, I decided to conduct what I consider to be my first true experiment. My first subject was a young woman Ooh. with dark hair and blue eyes. Damn probably it. about 20 years old. I thought this was going to be about pizza bags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's doing he's using human beings for his experiments. It was a simple matter of getting her to cooperate. Having knocked her out, I simply put her in the trunk of my car. I drove home. Night replaced evening as my subject regained consciousness. The first part of the experiment was to run a few tests. Simple things. I exposed her to electric shocks and slashed at her limbs to test her ability to withstand pain, monitoring her brain's reactions with a homemade device. The one question she asked, the only words she spoke to me throughout the whole process, consisted of one word. Why? Yeah! Yeah! Of co- that's... Yes! Uh, why? Why? <laughs> Alas! The test proved too much for her, and she perished. Bloody and mangled. Her body was cut up into manageable pieces and disposed of. And I needed a new tester. My second subject was a bit younger. Sixteen years of age at most. I lured the brown-haired, bright-eyed youth with promises of fame as the star of a television advertisement. Whoa! Whoa! He's an agent! That's amazing! A Sprite commercial! I proceeded to hit his head with a crowbar, leaving him unconscious on the ground, a few feet away from my vehicle. Again, my subject was taken into the testing room where he was exposed to rigorous tests, having his skin punctured with wires to test his skin's resilience, and having his brain probed through a small cavity that I had drilled in the front of his skull. (laughs) This time, 
I put the subject under a strong anesthetic to minimize screaming and complaints. Oh my! Isn't the isn't the scream a complaint in itself? <laughs> I feel like that it would be. I would if I were to put a scream in a category. Yeah, I would put it in a complaint. <laughs> the subject did not survive the tests, but I did gain some valuable data. I disposed of yet another body, this time feeding the scraps of flesh to rats that had made their home in my cellar. My third subject, I knew by name. In fact, he was one of my best friends, Clyde Armberg. Whoa! I love Ar- it. Armberg? <laughs> Clyde Armberg of oh. Western New Jersey. Whoa! He was a stout man with a short white beard, 55 years of age. Once again, his head connected with my crowbar. Once again, anesthetic was administered. Once again, limbs were strapped in, apparatuses creating loud, buzzing sounds. This time, I did no tests. My neat, round hole was drilled in his skull. The other Mm. end was connected to a large box containing the components of... The device. Uh oh. Which was connected to the output. A pair of glasses, modified so that the lenses were small LCD screens. A switch was flipped, and my device began decoding his brain signal. I was about to unravel the mystery of human thought, read a mind, discover humanity's true nature. Mm hmm. Or so I thought. Ah, come on! (laughs) Large, red eyes suddenly appeared to stare me in the face. They moved away from me to reveal a scarred, pale body. It smiled. It moved forward a step. It didn't stop smiling. Behind waves of emotion and a sudden excruciating pain that pervaded my chest, I slowly began to understand that what I was staring at was the true face of madness. It's it's Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh my! <Yeah. laughs> I can't even do the fucking Seth Rogen laugh. You're like, I'm a millionaire. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, good for him. Three bright lights appear from the solid white ground and float up to the level of the figure's head, blinding me and obscuring his still-smiling face. As I slowly became accustomed to the spheres of light that radiated in my direction, I looked up again to see that the pale, red-eyed figure in torn gray clothes looked somewhat familiar. Hmm. Oh, Mm. wait. It was the face of the one I welcomed to my mirror on cold early mornings. When the sun's rays has not yet warmed the ground, the one who kept me comfort in my hours of loneliness, it was me! No, that's how it always ends! And I welcome the transformation. <laughs> thought it was going to be Hank the tortoise. My, <laughs> my modified glasses had fallen off my face hours ago, and yet my vision was unchanged. Finally, after an amount of time that seemed like months, the visions faded away. I was only out for about a day. I was satisfied with my discovery, and I began to write of my work for the world to marvel at it. Two days passed before the face appeared again. Smiling, cheerful as ever, the figure opened the door to my study, leaving it slightly ajar. Hmm. It ambled towards me, extending its hand. Suddenly, a shining, thick, metallic blade appeared from its chest and extended into mine, puncturing my skin. I awoke in a hospital. 
My neighbors appeared to have heard my screams. The doctors insisted that I had stabbed myself with a letter opener. Hmm. And that Hmm. no vital organs were injured. I still needed rest. My work remained unpublished. The images of the man and the light still haunted me. And now, even in this padded cell, (gasps) in which I am often allowed to practice my writing, I am sometimes visited by the pale red-eyed figure, but even he just sits and smiles at me now, shaking his head in disgust. I mean, honestly, a padded cell is the closest you can do to retiring in a bouncy house. (laughs) Yes. Marcus, did you write this? Is this about you? (laughs) I did not. It's it's credit to free as in speech. Oh, yes, free as in speech. Honestly, that was him written about himself. Very good. Very, very interesting. I like that one. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on there. And who has a letter opener anymore? Does anyone have letter openers anymore? I don't have a letter. I just open it with my finger. Yeah, or just... I, yeah, I imagine, like, Warren Buffett has one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right from your grave. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path Every time, all you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it, and she loved it, and she wore it when we went on vacation. And my own, did everybody come around being like, Where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile. Bling, she's got on her. Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanadas already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. From your grave. Um, all right, here we go. I was trying to find something different. Okay. 
So I'm just going to start with this, and then I'll research it. And then I will, um, I'll read. I'll start reading it, and then I'll reveal the source. Okay. Okay. Marianne felt excited sexually, <laughs> waves shooting up her legs to her crotch and her breasts as she drove. Mm-hmm. Her clit was swelling up as she drove <laughs> to the Sears Tower. She knew she was on the right track and had thrown the other case at the boys to get rid of them. It was more than women's intuition. She was heading to the Mothman. (laughs) It was a feeling vibrating on the top of her clit, leading her on like a dowsing rod to water. (laughs) She parked her now wet Jeep near the Sears Tower. The whole Jeep was wet. The entire Jeep was wet. I put that in there. I put that in there. She looked up to the sky and saw the silhouette of what looked like a giant bat circling around the tower. She needed to get closer. After slipping by security guards, Marianne snuck into an elevator and hit the button for the sky deck on the 103rd floor. Hopefully she'd get a closer look at the Mothman. She felt her stomach lurch as the elevator shot upward. She exited on floor 103. This door is opening to a wall of windows showing off a million lights as Chicago spread as far as the eyes can see in front of her. She walked toward the solid glass ledge, and when she heard a voice inside her head, Why do you seek me? The mysterious baritone voice echoed. She turned and saw the Mothman in the Sears Tower Hall. He stood about six foot, was a dark gray color, and had glowing red eyes, wings folded by its side. I'm doing scientific research, she muttered as he approached. (laughs) I've seen inside your mind, the Mothman said. Your purpose is not... Scientific research. I know what you want. Come here, and you may have what you want. <sighs> you want. Marianne saw a giant phallus extend out of the Mothman's crotch. It was about a foot long, gray and fuzzy, and it had a small ridge of downy feathers around the cockhead. <laughs> you are beautiful, she said, stroking Mothman's soft, feathery chest. I always wanted to be fucked on a sky deck, she said, slowly stripping off her pants, boots, panties and dropping them in the corner. She turned around, bent over, sticking her huge ass up in the air. You like it? She asked if he could hear an exciting squeaking sound in her head. <laughs> Did she ask it like that, Henry? You like, you like it? it? Did she ask yeah, it like I... that? Hey, you like it? My name's Alexander. <laughs> oh, very nice. Didn't you ever been to Texas? She walked over and got down on the glass floor, part of the observation ledge, getting vertigo for a second. She saw the Chicago traffic rushing 103 floors below her. She unbuttoned her shirt to reveal her pale honeydew melon-sized boobs, her perky pink nipples sticking in either fucking directions. She lifted her legs together and slowly spread them, revealing a tuft of neatly groomed bright hair on top of her cunt. Come and get it. She cooed to the Mothman, who waddled forward, led by his massive erect cock. He approached and began to slide into her. The ridge of feathers tickled, but in a good way. She laughed with pleasure as he inserted it into her. He began a rhythmic pumping up and down as he built momentum. His wings began to flap uh-huh. with the rhythm. Ah, oh, this is a fantastic fuck. The Mothman echoed into her head. What a fantastic pussy. Yes. Wind in the birdcage smell swept over as he continued to flap his wings. Ah, oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes. Wait now, she said. Let's change position. She pushed on his hips, and he slowly drew his long penis out of her. She stood up, taking her shirt off all the way, so she was now completely nude. Then turned around. She pressed her hands at massive tits against the windows of the Sears Tower, arched her back, and struck her ass as far as she could. Her hungry pussy aimed at the Mothman. Oh, yeah. I like this, the Mothman said. <laughs> she felt his enormous cock enter her. All right, she gazed at the bright lights of the city. 
all around and below. What is the point of all of this, Henry? <laughs> it's the only Mothman true erotica written in a book called Fat for the Mothman, a crypto erotica adventure number three. <laughs> <laughs> Fat for the Mothman. Okay. Is that how it ends? No. That was so good, baby. She said, now I want you to come. I want your Mothman jizz all over me. You get down on your knees. Mothman commands you. She heard his voice in her head, and she did what she was told. He stuck at his gray soft phallus between her boobs, aggressively pumping up and down, once in a while sticking the head of his cock in her mouth for a tongue swirl and a suck before resuming his aggressive titty fucking. After a few minutes of this, his voice loudly returned to her head. I am ready to blow, (laughs) he said. And a second later, a huge blast of pinkish thick jelly shot from her, his cock on her face and in the window below her. It was a huge amount. <laughs> so that's... That wasn't really a twist ending. You kind of saw that one coming both literally and... Uh, the, the color of the semen yeah. was somewhat pink. Pepto-Bismo-ish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he said, uh, technically he said, sorry, he said, ectoplasm. Maddie, messy stuff. Well, yeah, I don't know if I need the post-sex Mothman. I kind of liked him before a little bit. Yeah, when he was saying, and now he's telling the jokes. When he was saying, "What a fantastic pussy!" (laughs) No, it's something that I've exclaimed during the act of love. Yeah, yeah. I always Uh, do that voice too. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, there's. I'll do this again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Little erotica there. It sounds hot. I'm sure. Do people really? I mean, I'm. I guess people do get aroused by cryptid uh, pornography. It's all got to be written, of course. Yeah, it's this huge cock. Yeah, Uh, yeah, huge cock, and she's got great boobies. You can think about the boobies. My final tale. It's a short little ditty. It's by a fella. His name is Evan Castigliano. 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 Yeah. Uh, This one's called Pay Attention. Okay, it starts with this. Uh, This story starts around 3 a.m. After a regular Friday night at the bar with my friends, there I was alone waiting for the subway so I could go home and get a little bit of rest. After five minutes, this must be before all the L trains shut down. Don't even get yeah, me going. Yeah, that's the a good. Shuts down yeah, de Blasio, Thanks you want to be president? Oh be president of this. <laughs> <laughs> After five minutes, uh, the train arrived. It was literally empty, so I took a seat and put my earphones on. At the next station, two men and a woman entered the train and took their seats. Like, they were close. They were like 10 meters away from me. They looked drunk and dirty. They were coming back from a party or something like that. Both of them were kissing on the girl who just stood there as they kissed her. She didn't look like she was being abused or anything, so I just turned my eyes back to my phone. So uh, two sta- So anyway, so now we know what's happening. There's a makeout session going on. This guy's sitting there. Two stations later, an old man entered the train. He's got old clothes, big beard, kind of dirty too, probably homeless. He was looking at the boys and the girl until he looked at me with a shocked expression. And before I could even react, as soon as the doors opened to the next station, he grabbed my arm and pulled me out of the train. As I screamed at him, he looked at me in the eyes and said, I may have just saved your life. That girl was dead. <laughs> she was dead the whole time. The whole time, and there were two guys licking on her. I guess so. Uh, vampires. Vampires, oh, perhaps. Oh, or, perhaps vamp- yes, Perhaps I mean, it was vampires. I, absolutely. It could have been vampires. It could have been record executives. It could have been a whole <laughs> series of people in the entertainment industry. <laughs> and they were but, just doing it on the train, huh? Just right there on the train. Wow. Well, it was late. Let's not forget that. Empty train. Um, well, that was it. Yeah. That's the... Well, 
I actually, I had one last one I want to read. If it was a, I have a listener request. Sure, sure. Are you ready? Here we go. I sat on the floor of my kitchen in a circle of candles. Wreathed in the shifting, flickering light, I was working on opening the device. It was triangular in shape and made of wood or metal. It was tough to say. The, the puzzle had what appeared to be representations of pepperoni and cheese on it. <laughs> Somehow I had to reconfigure this into a pizza slice if I wanted to open the portal to Flavortown. <laughs> Hours passed. I was making progress, twisting a pepperoni here and realigning some cheese there. I moved my fingers along the crust and almost imperceptibly I felt a click. I knew I was almost there. I spun the crust around and suddenly I heard the tolling of distant bells. Taco bells? And a glowing, almost neon blue light started to pour in from nearly every crack and seam in the room. I heard the cans of Mountain Dew in my fridge explode. (laughs) The various bags of chips and other junk food started throbbing and pulsing. They too eventually burst open. I turned to my right and suddenly there was an open doorway where just seconds ago there was a blank wall. Fog filled it. And it was lit by that same blue light. I couldn't make out anything past the entrance, but I knew this was my ticket to Flavortown. (laughs) A man-sized shape formed in the fog, and I could barely make out. It started to approach me and eventually stepped into my kitchen. The stories were true. The pizza puzzle had been solved, and the mayor of Flavortown himself, (laughs) Guy Fieri, was now in my house. He looked different. He wasn't wearing the bowling shirt and said he had some kind of latex and leather contraption that did not fit him. In the least, he was poured out of the outfit, his blubber bursting through small square holes, and almost looked like the holes were purposely tightened around the flesh as blood leaked from them and his skin was blackening as if dead. He had his trademark sunglasses on and the same hair, but his overall skin tone was now bluish gray. He had spatulas and other cooking implements tied around his considerable waist. What are you? I asked. An explorer in the further regions of taste? A demon to some. Angel to others. He took a step towards me, extended his hand. <laughs> come. You solve the slice. You must come with me and taste our pleasures. I declined to take his hand, but I followed him nonetheless. We walked for what seemed like eons through labyrinthine corridors. My sense of smell was being constantly assaulted by new and varied scents. Some amazing, some so bad. I couldn't even imagine what they could be coming from. The corridor finally opened up into a wide plateau. Above everything, there was a giant floating burrito. It was impossibly large and could be the origin of the various food smells. Flavortown seemed like it would be a lot nicer than this when I heard the stories. The burrito let out a loud blast of sound, almost like some kind of foghorn. My mind could barely comprehend what I was seeing. Oh my God, I muttered. No, this is mine. The God I serve in this world and yours. The God of flavor, hunger, and grease. My God, Berethon, Lord of Flavortown. <laughs> I gasped for air. The stench of this massive shifting burrito was starting to overpower me, starting to make me have flashbacks of meals past. This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted to taste, to smell, man. You wanted a one-way ticket to Flavortown, and now you have one. I shouted, and he chuckled. Behind me, I heard a noise like a greased-up ball bearings moving a slab of wood. Guy took a step towards me and declared, 
My god wants someone to taste what it's created, and I brought you. He shoved me hard in the chest, and I fell back, immediately landing what appeared to be an open, upright coffin of some kind. <sighs> Something restrained my arms and legs. I had a split second to look down, and I saw oversized forks and spoons <gasps> holding me in place. A sharp stabbing pain erupted from my side, and I saw a tube full of what could look like Crisco. Impaling my side, pumping me full of substance. More spoons and forks held my head in place with my mouth open. An arm of what looked to be sausage and bacon dropped down in front of my face, jamming itself down my throat. I couldn't breathe. The smells and pain were overwhelming. I blacked out. I awoke being held at a 45-degree angle. Still restrained, though now my head was free to look around for all the good that did me. Hmm. The room was nearly pitch black. A guy approached me with a grin plastered on his cold face. He removed the sunglasses, and I saw that his eyes were sewn shut. (gasps) I gave up a lot to become what I am now. Sight is meaningless to me, so I cast it off. It's all about that taste, brother. I'm going to show you the light, and then you're going to join my culinary cabal. I'm all about to knock your socks off with this fresh take on a classic. And when I put this in your mouth, you're going to feel like an ATM. Because this is money. He stepped out of view and returned with a wheel table, not unlike those you would see at a cadaver in a morgue. It was covered in macaroni and cheese. He took a large spoon off his belt and thrust it into the heap and mound and turned to me and shoved it in my mouth with a dispassionate look. The spoon shattered on one of my teeth. He He loudly shouted, Cha-ching! <laughs> Through the blood and enamel, I could taste the cheesy mess. My sanity must have started to slip because it really did taste good. Oh, good. After I, saw, after I swallowed, he filled my mouth again immediately. This time, it tasted slightly different, better somehow. There was a hint of something that I couldn't quite place. I chewed more, and I realized that it was bacon. I looked at Guy, and he grinned again. You tasting that bacon yet? It really kicks it up a notch, right, huh? <laughs> he started making sucking noises with his mouth and then slapped his lips. Oh, yeah. It's belched, and he ate some of the mac and cheese himself. That bacon is made out of long pig, if you know what I'm saying. I looked down, and I saw that the strips of flesh were cut from my torso and legs. Whoa! This and many more horrors would be my fate for all eternity. It looks like, like I got myself into nothing but trouble. <laughs> See? Thank you, buddy. This was my curse, my Flavor Town 2, Flavor Bound by Jordan Spears. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unbelievable tale. Flavor Bound. I got to tip my hat for flavor. <laughs> scary, <laughs> scary stuff. The flesh was him. You didn't have to call him a long pig. That was a little rude. No, but, long, you know. long pig is slang for human flesh. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. What the, 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 I can't remember what country they call I think it's uh, the Philippines. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, what they call the human flesh that they eat roughly translates in English to long pig. Okay, I guess we know how they see us. That's fine. Long hey, man, I, I love pork, man. I love pork. It's, it makes me feel guilty, though. Mm-hmm. It's my guilty habit, eating a lot of pork. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> I don't saying. know if it Do really I, is. I honestly wish I could get a patch. I wish I could get a pork, a pork patch. patch. <laughs> like I know. something to fucking well, cut the need. I don't even mind. I'll have some turkey bacon. Yeah. I'll eat the turkey. I like I turkey li- bacon. I don't like turkey bacon. I think turkey bacon is a poor facsimile. Okay. Anybody, uh, I don't like any fake version of anything. Look at this. And we finally got to Old Man Corner. It only took (laughs) us till the end of the show. I like turkey bacon. I like the turkey bacon. (laughs) Uh, I don't mind turkey bacon. I don't give a shit. All right. There it was. Creepy pasta, spooky spaghetti. That was fun stuff. Number 14. Number 14. 
14. Oh, my God. 14 of these. You really can track the entire breadth of how we've changed as a podcast over these episodes. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you take all 14 of them together, that's got to be a trip. Yeah. All the way down to what it was like to be a drunk 28-year-old, all the way to what it's like to be a medicated 35-year-old. There it is. <laughs> um, I know that's certainly my journey. Absolutely. Um, if you guys, we are going to be in San Diego and Oakland and Los Angeles. We got tickets available for all of those. So if you are in the Oakland or San Diego areas, come on out to our live show. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, we cannot wait to see everyone there. And, of course, in Los Angeles, uh, we are going to be performing in a cemetery yeah which is gonna be a blast wait i can't wait for this show i'm so excited to see everybody as always it's like now it's like we had such a good ass time uh we did we had such a good ass time in australia oh my god still recovering yeah um god if someone wants to send me solo or maybe (sighs) you you did so well with your teeth and i'm not even but like (laughs) we don't need to have an iron brew moment but i just love solo so much. You're a solo man. Yeah, and the art. Can you just not get Arnott's- in here? No, you cannot. You can't get so like I've tried. It's very. Exp- there's one place that sells it like online, and it's very expensive. There's but- got to be some FDA reason. No, oh, there has to be like it just did like, not pass a government test. Like Arnott's Kingston biscuits. Also, I love and miss so much. How did they say? Because you were also in Japan for four days, Marcus. How did they say the word podcast over there? I have to look it up, but I think it's podcasteru. I love cool. it. Yeah, yeah. That's something like that. No, Jeff, yeah, Japan was was very was fantastic. I loved it. Love it. Yeah, and Australia was so fucking cool. Oh, it was, it was like, beautiful. It was one of the coolest trips I've ever taken. We, we I think Australia, I, I think that they're very much, they're keen on keeping their Australian things Australian. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, honestly, I had such amazing beer over there. They don't have Bud Light, so I had to venture out for my little safety net. Um, and uh, they had the great, great pale ales. And uh, yeah, it was the food was amazing. Australia could not have been better. Yeah, actually, we're Jed, still talking about it. Actually, yeah, Jed, podcast in Japanese is Padakyasuto. Ooh, you cool. gotta move out there, dude. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. I yeah, love they it. did not really know what it was. Uh, what a podcast yeah. was <laughs> from the the bartenders that I spoke to in uh, in Kyoto, just kind of casually. Yeah, they uh, one of them knew of their existence, right? And the other, I had a very difficult time explaining. No, and this is why Henry and I were both like, "Oh man, really hope Marcus is." just relaxing and now you're actually doing more work than ever in japan because you have to introduce the concept <laughs> of a podcast they can't even get to the idea that you may have a podcast yeah yet. yeah so. it's like the beginning of the work mm-hmm. it's like the very beginning of the work it's like them you showing them all of this stuff all of a sudden you're recording with them you're literally doing a podcast with them yes mm-hmm. you got to be careful mark because it's a slippery slope of work out there yeah right. oh you, yeah you might find yourself working no matter what um, out there in beautiful Japan. Oh, uh, yeah. And if you're a music nerd and you happen to go to yeah. Kyoto, ENIAC is the coolest bar in the world. ENIAC? ENIAC, yeah. Do you see e- some live bar, music? Bar ENIAC. No, they've got, it's the coolest place. They've got this gigantic selection. They Instead of having a jukebox, oh. they have these huge catalogs of uh, 45, uh, L- like 45 records that they have. And you can just go through and choose which record you want to play. And then the bartender will go over and, choo- and uh, play each 45 uh, individually. But now, doesn't it seem like a harder jukebox? Yeah, it's a much more difficult okay. jukebox, but then, yes. but it's really fun. 
Yeah. Yeah, but this is for this is for Marcus. Yeah. People yeah, yeah. really like records. They like it. They like it. They like flipping the thing. They like doing the thing where both of you and I are just been like, "Where's Metallica on this button? <laughs> Does this button have Metallica on it?" Well, Mark, one of the, the people there are extremely nice. Yes, yeah. So I know. It, yeah, especially at that bar, they were super cool. It took me a long time when Marcus started collecting records. Me being the quick thinker was like, "Go online." And you get the right, you can get everything you want. But Marcus likes the hunt. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. yeah. We, are, we are viewed to be, I believe the term would be posers <laughs> in that world. <laughs> no, I've been collecting records since I was 15. I was fucking love the hunt. All right. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. You, want, you got something, Henry? Um, yeah. So, Creep Pasta this week. Next week, getting back and do some, uh, I'm going to say, it's true crime history. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, a he- it's, it's heavy hitter time, but it's also <sighs> true crime history time. So they're, they're, yes, everyone's gonna really enjoy what we got coming up next week. Coming back hard, you better. Yeah, enjoy we're coming it. back you hard. Better. Honestly, we come back hard with that, and then the topic after that. I'm especially it's the one that we've been waiting for a very long time to do. So I'm very excited. We have a lot of shit. We're about to fucking fold inside of you. Sam. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the podcast after that, Puffin's going to replace me. Uh, Georgie's going to place you, replace you, Marcus, and we'll have Wendy sitting in for Marcus. It'll be an all-pup podcast. Yeah, it'll be oh, great. Oh, puppy. Oh, that would be cute. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Oh, hail game. Let's do a Magoostalations. Magoostalations. Hail me. Alexander, you're so... Mm, you smell just like Russell Brand. Yeah, I also spilled a bunch of ravioli and Russell Brand the last time he was doing a show in Newark, so. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. For 25 years. Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 